Love this podcast? Support this show through the Acast Supporter feature. It's up to you how much you give and there's no regular commitment. Just hit the link in the show description to support now. Salut, je suis Alessandre. Et moi, je suis Edouard. On est les invités spéciaux à cet épisode de Bearback. Mais avant que nous nous joignions à la fête, nous vous présentons vos animateurs. Ben. Et Benja. Hi, Bab. Hello there. How are you? I'm very well. How are you? I'm groovy. Groovy, groovy, groovy. Hi, guys. Welcome to Bearback, the podcast where we explore our relationship as a bear power couple and debate the quirks of our respective cultures. I'm Ben and I'm British. And I'm Benja and I'm Argentinian. And today, we've got a couple of guests. Fabulous guest as well. Absolutely fabulous. Yes, we are delighted to be welcoming Edward and Alison, hosts of A Message From. Now, they're two friends who met in Europe. Um, now, Alison lives back in the US and Edward lives in Spain, but they're still best friends and they speak to each other every day. So we're going to be talking about their relationship and their fantastic podcast. But first of all, that post bag is bulging this week, Bab. Oh, I, I, I'm sorry. Who are you? <laughs> what do you mean, who am I? We're celebrities now, aren't we? Oh, yes. We're celebs. Yes. We got our first public spotting. Yeah, we were, well, not quite papped because no one took a photo of us, but we were spotted. We were spotted. I, I mean, we are celebs. People recognised us outside. I mean, realistically, this is a podcast, so people can really see us while we, whilst we record, but they actually recognised us. As yeah. the hosts of Bareback Podcast. Yeah, so we were on the train going into work and we were just chatting across the aisle because it was a really packed train, so we had to sit on the aisle. And yeah, somebody was sat a few seats in front of us and they recognised us. They didn't speak to us in person. But they did send us a lovely message. So the message from the lovely Mike says, Hello! Um, that's because there's three exclamation marks. Uh, okay. I discovered your pod last week, then guess who I spot on a train to Birmingham this morning? Only the Bareback Boys. If it wasn't so early, I would have come to say hi. Saw from your Instagram that you guys are into trains. Well, I work in an aeroplane museum. So if you're into planes too, just let me know and I'll give you a tour of one of our museums. So I'm going to have two different comments in regards to the message from Mike. So first of all, Mike, next time that you see us on a train, come and say hi. We... Love it. We, we don't bite. We, well, we nibble, but that's because we're fat. <laughs> so, it doesn't matter the time. Just come and say hello. It'll really make our day. And to be fair, even even though you didn't, it still made our day. The second one is, yes, we will be taking you on that offer for the Airplane Museum. Yes, definitely. Definitely. Now, also, if you remember a couple of weeks ago, we talked all about holidays and mm -hmm. we asked people on Instagram what was their most memorable holiday and we shared some pictures from our trip to Japan. We've had lots of responses and somebody says Ukraine and I can Ooh. attest to that. I had a fantastic holiday in Ukraine. I've never been to Ukraine. Oh, it's amazing. We'll have to go. Somebody else says our most memorable holiday was spending three weeks in the Amazon in Guyana. Oh, that sounds amazing. It sounds like Jumanji, doesn't it? It <laughs> yeah. kind of sounds like you're going to be like in the Jungle Book 
or, so, or something like that. It's amazing. But then this one, I love this one. Vietnam. I walked into a brothel. I almost got married off on a train, and I got told I scream like a girl on the back of a motorbike. I kind of feel that this one requires a little bit more explanation. Did they almost get married in the brothel? No, or on a train. Ah, oh, on a train. Is that on a train? Well, maybe there was a brothel on the train. I don't know. Oh, okay. Well, and on the back of a motorbike on a train. Well, the screaming could have been part of a different story, but I kind of heard brothel. I almost got married. I thought, oh my god. Well, sadly, there's no longer letter. It just says at the end, the foe was nice too. I do like foe, but I would like to go and taste proper Vietnamese foe. So, that's the uh, the post bag opened and closed for the week. B- bit of a quiet week for me, I'm afraid. But you've been busy. You've been uh, on your uh, on your conference trip, haven't you? Well, I don't know if I would call it a conference. It was called a conference, but it's not what I would expect for a conference. It was basically a like a, a leadership getaway from my company. And basically, we went to a hotel, have a whole day of like, you know, how this goes, like bonding exercises. And of course, we were told where the business was going and how well or bad we're performing. I'm not confirming nor denying. And sort of this exercise to build your leadership abilities and so on. That all sounds great. But what was the food like? Beige buffet. Oh my gosh, I love a beige buffet. So for people who listen to us in different parts of the world who don't know what a beige buffet is... I think people can imagine. Well, it's beige, but... It's basically all the beige carby foods that you shouldn't eat, you don't really want to eat, but when you taste them, oh my gosh, they're so good. Like the really cheaply made sausage rolls, crisps plain biscuits, everything that is the colour of beige, basically. Yeah, and you might have that at a family wedding or, you know, a christening or something like that. But, you know, it's kind of like standard mid-range hotel buffet fare. Yeah, with the trays of sandwiches made from your loaf of bread that you get for 50p in the supermarket. Yeah, and if you don't get to the sandwiches quickly, they start curling at the sides. Yeah. And you can always have the egg cress salad sandwich. I love an egg and cress sandwich. Yeah, and that's uh, and that's the posh one and it's literally egg mayo and watercress i remember speaking of those kind of like triangle cheaply made sandwiches i worked for a university and we had an event where we invited the pakistani ambassador to open a a new room or, or some kind of course or something he came down it was a very big affair but they had a beige buffet because british because event and i remember that they served Onion bhaji sandwiches. Oh, I love onion bhaji. Yeah, but it's... I mean, it's like... I wouldn't put it in a sandwich. And giving it to the Pakistani ambassador as well. I mean, whether that's like the British interpretation of Pakistani cuisine, isn't it? It's a sandwich with of onion bhaji. Yeah. No, but you know, the thing is, regardless of the food, I know that you focus on the food, but something really struck me as really, really interesting, which is the level of denial what of food no not exactly so as any of these leadership conferences over a couple of days where it's in a hotel so basically after it you go up you have a shower and before dinner you start having drinks then you have dinner and then you continue having drinks and of course we had drinks until probably half one in the morning we were playing pool everyone was really i think tipsy is being quite 
generous. And you know how it is when people get drunk, so people get loud. You find out that some people don't know, I've never played pool and didn't know how to play pool. Who doesn't know how to play pool? I don't know, some people, but it's a thing apparently, not knowing how to play pool. I'm a gay man who famously doesn't really follow sport and I know how to play pool. Mm, well, yeah, but there are people in the world, you know, and glasses get get, get tipped, uh, you know, and people get like drenched in alcohol. You have them <laughs> drenched. The, yeah, the, you have the non-smoker that suddenly wants a fag. All of these things happen at the night and, and during the night. Next day, absolute denial. People talk about the night before until dinner time. Past that, people completely ignore and do not touch on the subject. That oh yeah, someone was absolutely pissed, that oh, someone yeah. was tipping glasses, that is completely denied. It's the unwritten rule of British business. What happens at conference stays at conference. You know, as long as no one's hurt and nothing illegal happens, you keep it strictly what went on at the hotel. Yeah, that's fine, but everyone knows. It's kind of having like an inner circle of things, that of people that are in the know, but even between them, no one spoke about anything that had happened the night before. It was eerie. Well, I think if you start talking about it during the workday, it makes the events of the previous night seem much more real. And also, people that you might not want to find out about it will find out. That you're a messy drunk. Well, yeah. Mm, okay. <laughs> oh, Bob. You said you only had a couple of pints. Mm, I had about... I think I had about six. But again, six pints, it's not a lot. I mean, I'm still a functional drunk when, when uh, with six pints. Eight pints, suddenly I'm not that functional. Nine pints, I don't know how I got to bed. But six pints, I'm, I'm still functional and I'm still relatively demure. So I don't tip glasses. I don't, I'm not super loud. I'm not sort of having like bumping into things. But I'm guessing the question is, what happens if you have ten pints? I think it happened only once, but then again, I don't remember, so I, I wouldn't be the right person to tell you. Welcome back. I'm really delighted today. We've got two really special guests joining us on Bareback. We've got Alison and Edward, who are from A Message From podcast. Now, if you remember, we were kind of matched with these two via a program called Audrey, which is kind of like a speed dating service for podcasters who want to get guests. And, And that's how we discovered their podcast. And then we kind of dived in and were like, yeah, these guys these guys are really special and um, that's how we we kind of reached out and and here we are several months later it's taken us quite a while to get here hasn't it it has has. yeah (laughs) a bit of time but summer's always busier absolutely and good things come to those who wait so Alison and Edward welcome Welcome. to Bareback thank you so much for joining us today oh my god thanks for having us yeah we're excited to be here Oh, bless you. Bless you. That's really exciting. And and obviously, Alison, you're in the US. So thank you for getting up super early this morning. <laughs> yes. No problem. Edward, you're, only, you're only an hour ahead. So yes, let's no, I'm in the future, but it's, it's very um, <laughs> tranquil. Let's make us because we've been, uh, we are not early risers. Let's make everyone feel bad. What time is it there where you are, Alison? It's 8.05 a.m. See? <sighs> Ooh. Okay. <laughs> we are early risers, and also, um, 
I mean, you guys might, I don't know if you guys watch football or not, but Liverpool is playing Watford right now, so I would have been up anyway. They started at 7.30 a.m. here. Oh, so you're, you're into your football. I, d- I did not know this. I am, actually. I try to tone it down on our podcast because I'm, like, <laughs> way into sports, and Edward is obviously, like, knowledgeable, but it's not really his I'm on the periphery. too much, so... I have to tone down the football the football talk with this one. The last time the last time we talked about football in our podcast, <laughs> all he was interested was about Wags and Victoria Beckham. Yes, Wags, me too. <laughs> Kindred spirits. See, this is perfect. Yeah. <laughs> so, tell us for people who've not listened to a message from, tell us a little bit about your podcast. Yeah, Alice and I obviously don't live in the same country. I live in Spain; she lives in the U.S. But we met each other in France years ago. And we have always toyed around with the idea of doing a podcast since we are very natural conversationalists together. And we decided that since we know so many people in different parts of the world and we're not able to be with them all the time, we thought it might be a good idea for us to take messages from them to discuss, you know, certain topics or stories and just sort of banter, have a good chat. So that's kind of how a message from started. Okay. And so what? And what's the premise of a message from? So what's the structure of, of your podcast? Yeah. So we usually talk the like top half, just like random stuff. And then whatever's going on that week. <laughs> and the bottom half, we take a message from somebody um, either asking for advice or sometimes just want us to go off about a certain topic. So Alison, how, how did you two guys meet? Yeah, so um, as Seb mentioned, we were living in France. We were both doing this program, um, Tepif, where basically people from all over the world go to France to teach either English or whatever their native language is in schools there. So um, we were both in the same region, but not in the same city. And we had an in-service day. So no one was excited for that. We all had to wake up super early to go to a random high school for this in-service day to learn about, um, I don't know, lesson planning and how to how to teach our students. Something, but yeah. Something, <laughs> yeah. So I'm on the bus. I get to the bus stop, and I'm looking out the window, and I'm like, oh, there's our, there's my friend Bobby and my friend Alex. Like I've met them before. I'm like, who's this tall guy with them? Who is this guy? I don't know where they found him. So they all get on the bus together and we're like not talking to each other, like being petty as hell, like not talking to each other. And then we end up, you know, sitting next to each other at the in-service, just like chatting and having a great time. And, you know, from there we were together every weekend traveling together. So, yeah, it worked out really Mm -hmm. well. And so that was the kind of the start of this blossoming relationship. Then you kind of then Mm -hmm. went so what happened then yeah we you went back to michigan i believe right yes i went back to michigan you went back to pennsylvania for two months about two months and then i moved to spain and she stayed in the u.s for work purposes obviously and then Mm -hmm. we just really never stopped talking in our whatsapp group (laughs) every single day like all day long but it's more than just kind of like whatsapp chat i mean you guys watch tv together don't you Yes, we do. (laughs) We do. I guess we're like toning down our friendship a bit, but... Yeah, I'm sort of realizing now how good of friends we are. (laughs) We became so close at the end of our time in France. And then, um, like you said, you know, once we both moved back, you know, we were talking to each other every day, but it was, I don't know, it's kind of weird how good of friends we became so quickly. And then 
obviously during pandemic times, we started watching TV together, watching movies together. Um, and yeah, just we yeah. talk to each other every single day. So what's the favorite show that you binge together? Oh, that's a good question. <laughs> I really enjoyed watching the Lord of the Rings movies with Allison for the first time for her. That was very enjoyable. But we're currently watching 13 Reasons Why, which is not so enjoyable. <laughs> we say currently. It's been a year at least. It's been a while. That it's we haven't. Yeah. It's, been <laughs> it's hard to get through. That's a heavy one. It's tough to get through. So Lord of the Rings was definitely fun, though, because... I have to say, I, I'm not a big Lord of the Rings fan. Even after watching the movies, I'm like, I could go a whole lifetime without watching that again. <laughs> they are long. And to be fair, I never finished watching them. I don't know if I've done them, <laughs> by the way. But... Yeah. You know, in, in the first one, the first hour, and I'm thinking, it's been an hour and nothing's happened. Oh, yes. I can't deal with this. I, I need things to be... I like shows that is half an hour, beginning and end. So very short thing. So Lord of the Rings is definitely not the most suitable thing for me. No. Well, we went to see the new Bond film the other night. Oh. And it's really long. It's really long. It's like two hours, 40 minutes. Oh, wow. oh my God. You sit down in the cinema and he's like, oh, I want to know what actors are in this, blah, blah, blah. And he's there on IMDb. And he's like, two hours, 40? I'm <laughs> joking. And to me, I think that's great value for money. You know, if you go and see a 90-minute film, you're basically paying more for less cinema time. I'm, I'm all for a long film. Cinemas need an intermission again. I agree with both of those yeah. sentiments. A nice intermission, but also a bang for your buck. Thank you. Mm-hmm. Thank but you, Edward. Give me a break so I can go pee and go have... <laughs> I don't know, buy some something else to drink or to eat. <laughs> Middle of him, realistically, we normally finish the popcorn by the time the previews finish. So. Absolutely. <laughs> oh, yeah, they're so long. If it's going to be almost three hours, you definitely need an intermission. But I have to say, I remember going to the cinema in the States and your snacks are like next level. I mean, I yearn for those. That We basically have like popcorn and uh, a hot dog, which no one would ever get because it's probably been there for about five years, <laughs> the same hot dog going oh, round gosh. on that little roller thing but i remember <laughs> going to america and oh, you have like toppings for your popcorn oh yeah I mean, it's just yeah. like my mind mm-hmm. toppings yes. there's like different salts i think too yeah like a there's like section. flavored yeah. powders you can get like any flavor you want on your popcorn but um so i do have a i do have a question now that you brought up hot dogs it's it's funny but i watched these two youtubers these two um british youtubers and they went to the American aisle in their supermarket for the latest video. And there were every supermarket they went to, there were these jars of hot dogs. And I'm like, I've never even seen a jarred hot dog here in the United States in my entire life. And I'm like, do people, do people eat jarred hot dogs? Is that a thing? People eat jarred everything. Oh boy. You can get, <laughs> you can get jarred hot dogs. You can, you can get pasta in a tin. Oh no. Oh. Already with the sauce. That you just, like, pretty much just, you could eat from the tin. It's already cooked. It's already on the sauce. Oh, wow. Okay, we I guess we do have that here, but it's for kids only. It's only for kids, like SpaghettiOs. Oh, yes. Oh, yeah, yeah. adults eat baby food. So that's basically <laughs> okay. Like, you're aware of the concept of the, the full English breakfast. Yes. So, like, bacon, yeah. sausage, mm-hmm. egg, beans. You can get that in a tin. In a tin. Wow. Yeah. wow. In a tin. You can also get a full English roast dinner in a tin. And basically you have the different layers. You have the, the layer with the meat, then you have another layer with the cranberry sauce and another layer with the stuffing. It's just... Is that like a dip? Or are you like... <laughs> I, I, I think you just... 
I don't think it is a dip, but I think you've just discovered the hot trend for this year's Christmas. There we go. <laughs> it's got to be a dip. literally market that now. I can imagine a Christmas dinner dip. <laughs> so are you meant to eat it, like, down through the layers or, like, sort of one by one? I think you're meant to, you know, like, get it out of the tin. And you know, and you know these images, like, from cartoons oh. where but you can take it out of the demons and it's just a block. Yes, yes. And oh, you, yeah. you can just cut the block and binge it. Wow. <laughs> but yeah, I mean, I would love you guys to see the American Isle in the. In, it's basically Reese's chocolate. That's basically what it is. And oh. um, what's the um, breakfast cereal? Um, Lucky Charms. I mean, it's nothing like what you would find in an American supermarket. It's like. And those kind of pretzel pieces, they have those. Oh, the um, Snyder's. Mm-hmm. So those oh. are good. Snyder's are good. I will say that. Basically, all the all the candy that you have, like Oh Henry, and all that kind of stuff that we don't have here, it's like, and it's really expensive as well. A bar of candy would be like, I don't know, three pounds or something. Oh like wow. That. wow, that's that's funny. And no one here eats Oh Henry. I'm like, I'm pretty sure I haven't had an Oh Henry in like 15 years. <laughs> yeah, yeah. This is so wild to me too because in Spain we don't really have the the U.S. aisle. So like all these things you're talking about, I'm like salivating because I just. <laughs> haven't had in so Miss long it. I feel like a specific store where it's that takes me to one more question is how long is it that you have been living in Spain oh I've been living here in Madrid for now five years and what is it that you miss the most when it comes to the U.S. I should say like family and friends but um I'm gonna go with the food route <laughs> I truly miss um things like bagels like a good bagel oh, wow, and yeah. certain snacks but like I've been thinking about bagels more recently a lot every day yeah. This is a good opportunity, Alison, for you to be eating bagels when you're recording your podcast, you know, when you're Honestly, in front of cameras. I have some bagels. I have Evil. some bagels right now. And I actually, I broke down and bought some, um, like, fall-themed pumpkin spice bagels. And they're actually so good. Oh, damn it. So, I'm turning that question around, uh, Alison. So, what is it that you miss the most from your time in Europe? Mm. Is this a cop out to say like the whole lifestyle? Like I love being able to walk everywhere. <laughs> I love that like street life there is more vibrant and everything is kind of like slower. I feel like you take things more on like a day by day basis. Like even just when we talk about the food, like you would walk to the grocery store, buy what you can carry, make, you know, that was your meals for the day or the next two days. Whereas here I'm like, I'm driving to the grocery store. I've got these two huge bags full of stuff. And it's like, you know, I'm good for the week. So I don't know. I think it's just like a, a more slower take things as they come lifestyle. The vibe. You miss the vibe. I miss vibe. the vibe. Yeah. I'm with Edward. I've, since I've lived in the UK, I've always, I've always said some family members I can do without an Argentinian barbecue. No. Sorry. I mm. need that. I, I miss that more than some of my family members. Sorry, my family, for you listening. I love you all. <laughs> Very fair. Very fair. <laughs> And Edward, I'm quite interested to mm-hmm. to find out what you found really different living in Spain to to living in the US. Like, what did you what did you struggle with when you moved there? What did you find really surprising about about kind of life in Spain? To make a long story short, I had also studied abroad in Spain and France, so my very first experiences are like so far away in my mind that I can't even remember. But I definitely think that the most like jarring thing is just how things get done and kind of more of like a Europe, I guess it's for most of like Western Europe versus the U S things are just like so slow. The bureaucracy is so slow, (laughs) especially when you're an immigrant essentially. And you have to go through, 
immigration and everything like that. It's it's just endless paperwork for things that you don't even consider to be difficult in in your home country for my for me the U.S. because it's just it's just natural. You just bada bing bada boom. Here's my ID. Here's this. It gets done. Here it's kind of like all right. Well, now you've applied for this. You must wait three months and then you'll go and maybe get an appointment in two months. And it's just the speediness of it all doesn't really happen here <laughs> in the land of siesta. And have you found that you slow down with it or do you just get stressed because things don't happen at your speed? A bit of both, for sure. I inherently need things to go quickly, but at the same time, it, I, I've sort of learned that it always works out in very big air quotes. So I've I can kind of detach myself from certain processes like that and be like, It'll happen eventually. It all works out. But in the day-to-day, I do stress to a certain uh, level. <laughs> and Alison, did you have a similar experience living in France with that as well? Yes, absolutely. And it's a, I felt exactly the same. You expect things to move quickly and not be so difficult. But it's exactly like he said. You know, you ha- have to turn in 30 different copies of these papers. And then there's like one letter off. And it's like, oh, we can't accept this. Come back again in two months when you have everything together. Yeah. And it's just like, you try to be like, everything's going to be fine. It's going to work out. But I mean, especially for me, I couldn't help but stress about certain things. Like, it's just, uh, you're always wondering, like, when is this going to happen? When is it going to get done? But I mean, eventually things usually work out. So you just try to tell yourself, That'll be okay. I think we've got a bit of a halfway house here in the UK because we're we're Don't so we? yeah because we're. <laughs> well, what do you do? You disagree? How long is taking me to do the citizenship thing? I actually needed to have a spreadsheet to tell the UK government every single time I left the country oh in the past gosh. five years. Wow! 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 That's a lot. Intense. <laughs> I used to travel for work as well. I had to go through my emails for five years ago because I couldn't remember. And you have to give the exact dates. The exact date that you left and the exact date that you came back. And I'm thinking, I'm, I put my passport every single time. So you have that information already. It's somewhere mm-hmm. in your government database. And now that I've submitted everything, that was probably about a four-month process getting everything together. Now I have to wait six months to a year. For them to come up with a decision, a decision, and whether you become a UK citizen or not. But interestingly, he's had the the invitation to do the survey on how he felt the process went. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> I feel like that's like a trick thing, isn't it? What, mm-hmm. what if I say it was rubbish? What is that going to influence the decision? Oh, I never thought about that. Yeah, Same. I would definitely wait. wait. Wait until it's yeah. all done before you fill out the survey and then fill it out honestly. Or alternatively do it early and say it was fabulous and you've never had a better experience and maybe they'll speed up the process. I actually hadn't thought about that one. I could try and speed up the process by saying, yes, it was fabulous. It was amazing. It was the best thing ever. It wasn't really complicated, bureaucratic and completely useless. Um, (laughs) Yeah. Yeah. I could go for that. So have either of you been to the UK? Yes. I have once ages ago, about eight or seven years. Yeah. I was there once um, five years ago. Were you? I don't remember that. <laughs> yes, I was in London um, five years ago. And I, it was great. I loved it. I could see myself living there. I actually applied to a job in London a couple weeks ago. I was like imagining, I had these great plans in my mind. I was already like, I've got the job. I'm moving to London. I'm ready to sell everything and move. I did not get the job. <laughs> but 
Yeah, that was uh, that was me. I was ready to go. I went for like a bit to London. It was like a very quick weekend and it was more touristy than anything else. So I, I feel like I didn't really get the full the full vibe of it all. You have to absolutely do that. If you're going yeah. to London for the first time, you need to take off Big Ben, you know, the London Eye, the Houses of Parliament. All, absolutely. I mean, even yeah. even we do that. And, you know, we've been to London loads of times. Like, there's always somewhere where we've not been. And it's always like, oh, well, we must do that when we go to London. Even if it's just catching up with friends and going for dinner. And we're, we're right. about 50 minutes away from London on the train. So we go quite a lot. But it is oh. that kind of thing. Like, it's if, if a friend wants to meet in a particular area, it's like, oh, we've not been to you know, Crystal Palace Park or, you know, we've not been, we've not seen this. So we'll try and kind of shoehorn those in because there's always something new to discover. Yeah. Is there a Crystal Palace in London? So the original Crystal Palace was in London, but it burnt down. So it was in Crystal Palace and then they moved it to Hyde Park, I think, but it then burnt down and they never rebuilt it. But the original park is famous because it's got the um, statues of the dinosaurs. And it was from the time when they first started discovering dinosaurs in, in this country. And they thought that they looked very different to how we imagine a dinosaur looking now. So they were right. kind of very grotesque, very kind of, they almost look like mythical beasts. You wouldn't associate them as, and, but they've been there for since the Victorian time. So it's really popular for people to go and see the dinosaurs of at High, um, at Crystal Palace Park. And there's also a football team called Crystal Palace. Yes. Yeah, yeah it's become a football oh. team as well. That's yeah. immediately what I thought yeah. of when you said Crystal Palace. I'm like, ah, oh, football team. <laughs> It was where they held the great exhibition in the at the, at the back end of the 19th century. And it was a massive building mm-hmm. built out of glass. Like, it's huge. If you look at the pictures of it, it's incredible. Right. So, because, because you're in different parts of the world, do you take the opportunity to meet and visit each other? Or do you also travel together somewhere where both of you have, haven't gone? So we had planned to meet up in Italy a few years ago. I booked a trip to go to France and Italy. He was there working for the summer. And it was what, like a week before I was supposed to leave, you messaged me and said, "Um, I'm actually going to be in Denmark the whole time you're here. So I was like, okay, cool. I I mean, I I still went, (laughs) he ran away. I still went to France and Italy, had a lovely time, but that didn't work out. And then we planned another trip for 2020, spring of 2020. I was going to go to Spain, meet up with him, and then we were both going to go to Sardinia. And then the pandemic hit. This lovely Penny D came and I was like holding out hope. I was being purposefully like ignorant. I was like, this is going to be fine. Like my flight's not canceled yet. We're going. It's good. No, (laughs) we did not go, obviously. So... Finally, this summer, I was like, you know what? Borders aren't open yet, but I'm doing it. I'm booking a flight. I'm going to Spain. And so end of July, I flew to Spain. I spent Mm -hmm. three weeks there with him. Yeah. So it was like our great reunion after not having seen each other in person for so many years. Even though I ran away to Denmark that one time and then the pandemic canceled the other one, I also haven't been back to the US since I moved here five years ago. So I also haven't made it very easy on her end to meet up. <laughs> so yes, that's, that's another thing. Making it difficult. Yeah, There is one always in a twosome that has to make things more difficult, isn't it? <laughs> what, what do you yes. mean by that? <laughs> yeah, please elaborate. <laughs> uh, nothing. <laughs> I mean, okay. 
so and and when you were finally reunited in Spain, I'm I'm see how I'm sort of slowly transitioning. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah. So when you uh, meet again in Spain, and that's probably the part of the conversation that I mentioned earlier, I was um, sort of really interested uh, in knowing: Have you found Edward different, more Spanish-like? <laughs> Yes, absolutely. Nice. <laughs> I will be nice, but um, there are two things. Obviously, eating later for one. I'm like, okay, it's it's six p.m. Like, it's dinner time, and then Edward gets off the phone and he's like, okay, we've got a reservation for nine p.m. I'm like, excuse me, nine p.m. <laughs> like, well, I'm gonna be in bed at nine p.m. What's wrong with you? Nine p.m. is perfect. <laughs> It ended up being perfect, but, you know, and I've actually kind of adopted a little bit more of that since I've come back. I'm trying to, like, eat later and stay up a little bit later, but... Um, that was a really big learning curve when we got together, the fact that you eat so much later. I mean, I would get home from work and I'd be like, I'm hungry, I'm having my tea. Tea being in dinner mm-hmm. for, us, you know, just to add to that mix. The wonders of the British English language. Um, I've nothing heard that one before. <laughs> So you have breakfast, which is breakfast, but then you have dinner, but dinner is lunch. And then you have tea, which is not tea. Tea is dinner. And then you have supper, which is not dinner, nor tea, nor breakfast, nor anything. It's just something completely different. Yeah. And I'm not kidding you. It's like you're at a workplace. Okay, let's have dinner. And I'm thinking, well, it's 12. It's kind of lunchtime, but dinner is lunch. And then tea's dinner. That is really confusing. (laughs) It's fascinating. And I've definitely heard someone explain the tea thing before. So it must have been you guys on your podcast. I didn't realize that there was then also supper. So that's kind of like here, but it's only very old people. So they'll have breakfast and then they'll have dinner and then they'll have supper. And supper is like 4 p.m. For me, supper's like a little snack before you go to bed. Well, that's the thing. Supper is not actually dinner. It's, the thing is, they have here, they have dinner so early. I mean, again, dinner, tea, the night meal, if you like, mm-hmm. so early. The night meal. But then uh, <laughs> you kind of need to have a snack before you go to bed because you're laughing. Yeah. But that was the big learning curve for me when we first got together was that we would have our evening meal so late. But now it's kind of standard. And people at work, like, will pick up on it. They'll be like, oh, well, obviously you won't be eating until, like, nine. You know, it's almost like <laughs> people know that. You know, it's the thing that I'm famous for. I mean, hopefully I'm famous for other things at work. But, you know, <laughs> maybe be good at my job would be, be a nice one. But um, people know that about us now, don't they? They know that we have barbecues on, like, the 3rd of January. And we're there, like, in about a million layers, like, stood outside. Like, this is so good. And you're like, oh, I love it. It's such a drama queen. I barbecue outside. You're inside. That's true. Painting two very different pictures. Exactly. And then I bring the food in. We don't leave outside. So what was the other thing, Alison, you were going to say? Just please say nice things about me. No, this is actually a nice thing, and it's I guess it's more of a knock against like Americans in general. But um, I feel like no. there's a a very like unwillingness to ever potentially inconvenience someone or put someone out. Whereas I'm like, okay, well I don't know what's going on, so I'm gonna march up to someone and ask them a million questions or like I want this, so I'm gonna grab this and touch this. It's a more of a European thing where it's like. Take a step back. I'm quiet. I'm not going to put anyone out, you know. So I guess it's more of a it's not it's not a bad thing at all. You know, I think it's just a difference in attitudes. 100%. And and he is exactly the same. It's amazing how these kind of 
these kind of French and Spanish and Italian traits have kind of made their way across to South America because you are the same. He will spend like five hours in the supermarket looking for the one product that he wants rather than just ask somebody who works there because he doesn't want to inconvenience them. I'm like, if I don't know where it is, I'm going to march straight up to the first person I see and be like, where is this, please? For me, it's a matter of pride. It's like, I found it. I actually <laughs> made my way. I'm, I actually found it. You're not Shackleton. You're just looking for some beans. <laughs> <laughs> No, I totally get it. It's like a, it's like a, I need to be able to prove this to myself that I can do this and I don't need somebody else to help me. But then those moments where you do ask for help and you're like, this took no time at all. And it would have, and it saved me effort and time. <laughs> oh yeah. I remember telling Ben this when I first moved to the UK about seven years ago, doing a very, very small shop for the weekend would tell me about, it would take me about two hours because I couldn't recognize anything. I didn't recognize any brand, any products, the things I put in different places in the supermarket. So it would literally getting 10 items would take me two hours. Oh, I totally get it. I recently, I think it was yesterday I was at the supermarket and I just stood there for about 10 minutes in front of the jams and jellies, just looking at the back of something, trying to figure out what was in it, Googling when I could have just asked somebody, but it's just, it's just easier just to do it yourself. (laughs) And what about the other way around? So because you've lived, uh, Edward, in uh, Spain for five years, Mm -hmm. is there anything from uh, your American culture that now you think uh, and you reflect upon and you find yourself different? I guess I would sort of agree with what Alison said. Like, I don't. I don't demand things of people anymore, like I used to in the US, <laughs> um, or sort of expect things to be demanded or like handed to me, which is quite, I feel, an, uh, a US sort of mentality. And one thing that I've also really noticed, I think Alice and I talked about this recently, was how in the US, when you say like, how are you? It's just hello, and you don't, you just move along. Where in here, I've learned more that like when somebody says like, how are you? I have to actually like tell them how I am because they're interested or invested for some strange reason. <laughs> um, <laughs> and I can't like grasp my head around it sometimes. Like I, I'll just be like, oh, like I'm good. And then like move along and they'll be like, it like offends them because it's like, I won't share that with them. When in the US, it's like, please don't tell me how you are. I'm just saying this to be nice and we can both move on. Yeah. And, yeah. and that, that's the same in British culture as well. You ask somebody how they are and you're not really that bothered. Oh, it's probably the worst response that you can get. And I still seven years in don't get it. How are you? Not bad. What is that as a response? You're not telling me that you're well. You're not telling me good, but you're also not bad. What, yeah. what is that supposed to mean? I'm guilty of using that. I'm guilty of it. But the thing is, in, in, in a Latin culture, not bad. Actually, it kind of means always oh, something wrong. It, it kind of prompts follow-up questions, which in the UK, I've been looked at saying, why the hell are you getting involved in my life? I just said, not bad. Let's move it. Let's move on with it. That's and exactly I'm gonna, oh, it. Not bad. Oh, what's wrong? What's happening? Are you all right? Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> that's exactly the, the thing it's like don't get involved in my life <laughs> mm-hmm. but here they do they want to be involved in your recent meeting in july has there been anything from alice and i'm going to put you on the spot here edward oh. that you you've kind of looked Ooh. at her and said oh well, alison we don't do this here oh oh probably yes. so many things uh yes. <laughs> <laughs> i'm very I... like conformist whenever i go yeah. somewhere i act exactly like the people who are from there Allison, do you remember anything I yelled at you about? Yes. I probably yelled, I do. which is why I say. <laughs> I do remember um, one specific thing. And I try to be conformist when I go to places. I try to, you know, you know, blend in and try to kind of take on like that culture and attitude. But obviously I don't do it perfectly. But we were, it was again in a grocery store. 
And there was a, I don't was uh, I looking for tomatoes or there was a fruit or vegetable or something that I wanted. And so I'm touching uh-oh. them. I'm like <laughs> trying to get the good one, you know, the one that I want. And he was like, stop touching all the fruit. We're going to get yelled at. Where's your glove? And I'm like, what do you mean? Where's my glove? Like, you're going to wash it when you get home anyway. Yeah. Yeah. I do remember that now very vividly. I was like, oh my God, I'm going to get yelled at and I'm going to have to deal with it in Spanish. <laughs> my dad uh, had a job in Oman in the Middle East and I went out to stay with him and he was like, oh, we're going to go to the, the supermarket and we're going to get some food for the week. And, and I kind of walked in and I was looking at like the meat section and I was like, dad, where's the bacon? I can't find the bacon. <laughs> we were in a Muslim country, obviously. There was no bacon. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> in my defense, I was quite young at the time. So, let's And let's state that for the record. How old? Because I'm sure he's going to be older than what you think he should be. Oh. I was 17. 17? Yeah. Oh, oh so. I was picturing like, like seven or eight. <laughs> yeah. See what I mean? <laughs> These happen to me. Stories. You said, oh, I was young. And I, I'm always like, yeah, I'm sure you weren't as young as you should have been. To be. <laughs> yeah. I mean, my dad had a liquor license and, and we had to go and buy, buy, I mean, obviously I wasn't old enough to drink anyway then, but he went and bought some. And you, it was basically like this kind of building that had no, you wouldn't know, you wouldn't have known what it was. And then it was like going into a sex shop like 20 years ago. You had to go through this like frilly curtain and stuff like that. It was very bizarre. Oh, wow. Wow. That's mm. so wild. Yeah. So now that you've been together this year, what's the future plan? What what the future has in store for Edward, Alison, and a message from? Coming up, ne- well, next year will be our one yeah, year. Yeah, one year anniversary. <laughs> I'll be so proud. Same, honestly. But I we don't have plans to see each other, I don't believe, right? Well, no hard and fast plans, but um, you keep saying next year is the Italian summer. So I'm like, okay, I'm there meet you in Italy. I have this idea in my head that next year is going to be the Italian summer for me and my friends. And I'm just gonna go and spend a month and just... Well, I mean, Eurovision, um, come on. Yes. (gasps) Oh my god, (laughs) I cannot wait. (laughs) Is Eurovision popular in the States? Oh, absolutely not. No. It is growing in popularity, I think. But not... Because they are doing a US Eurovision, aren't they, with all the states? Wait, they are? They are, yes. I haven't heard too much about it since I heard the news that it was happening, but it is happening. I don't know when, though. Okay, I didn't even hear about this. I will say, this is my hint that it's becoming more popular here, is this year I watched it on NBC's streaming service. So NBC is, like, one of the most mainstream broadcasters here, and they had Eurovision on their streaming service this year. So anyone could have gone on and watched it. Whereas in the past, I don't, I don't know if it was easily available mm-hmm. like that. No, I mean, well, you could watch it in the U.S. on the Eurovision website, but the amount of people who knew about it was uh, smaller, for sure. Yeah. See, but even the yeah. American version of Eurovision, Alison didn't know about. So even even the American no. version of Eurovision is more famous in Europe than in the U.S. Oh, a hundred percent. Yes, yes. <laughs> so are you going to try and go to Eurovision then? I am going to try. I I don't know if it'll work out because I <laughs> kind of overbooked my May by accident and some concerts kind of got pushed from the end of this year to next year in mm-hmm. May. So I may be having an Italian May uh, instead of an <laughs> Italian summer, but we'll we'll see. I would really like to make it work, but it seems a bit complex, but I'm 
like I, I will do anything. And I mean, it's a whole week. I mean, they've got the dress rehearsals, then they've got the semifinals. Mm-hmm. So even if you can't get tickets to the main event, and actually, somebody because my friend was um, she was a journalist and she she covered one of the Eurovision competitions, and she said that the best one to go and see is the dress rehearsal of the final because that is the one where the the panel of judges watch. Oh. Yeah, so they have an audience and it's like a full a full presentation, but it's not the one that's broadcast live on the Saturday evening. I think it's on a Friday or a Thursday, but that's the one that the judges are at. So that's the one that matters because that's the one that right. they watch and then oh, they wow. obviously submit their scores and then the public vote comes through on the on the Saturday. Right. So yeah, that's my my tip from the top. That's good insider information. I'm going to because I've also heard that even if you're not at the event, being there in general is like just very fun. Like being in the same city as it's happening. So yeah, because they have the sand park, right. and it's you know it's just like when they have like the football and and, and any kind of mm-hmm. big sporting event. They have this kind of big area of the city that's, and obviously you know Eurovision being popular amongst the LGBTQ community, it just becomes a massive party. And but instead of you in a nightclub, you're in a marquee that's branded Eurovision, which you know yeah, would be amazing. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> I think that you guys need to uh, sort of get your uh, get yourselves together, come to the UK together, and you can do a couple of episodes of a message from recorded in the UK. I think that's a great idea. I agree. I'm absolutely down. I'm up for it. <laughs> I'm obsessed with the UK. If you come here, we can show you around. All of the meals will come from a tin. <laughs> <laughs> I cannot wait for the tin food. <laughs> the tin meals. It's so funny, but like... I just actually yesterday, this is one of my weaknesses. Like I ordered probably a hundred pounds worth of food from the UK yesterday just because I wanted to try things like this. <laughs> this ad came across my Instagram. What is it? It's called like British Corner Shop or something. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. Tell me what you ordered. I want to know everything. <laughs> oh, you want to know everything? Oh my gosh, let me pull the order up. So some stuff I already know. Like oh I Jesus! Did, Here um, we go. <laughs> a lot of <laughs> I did a lot of biscuits because I would say I love biscuits, and I'm like, oh, I know my family would like these, so I'm gonna get these for them as well. But there are a couple of things that I ordered that I've never had before. So one of them being Ribena. <gasps> And I feel like I see people drinking it all the time, and I've never had Iconic. it. Iconic. Do you love red Yeah, beans? we have it on tap. <laughs> <laughs> if you want to be uber classy, serve it with some sparkling water, and you just feel like you're on holiday. Oh, wow. Okay. It's made from real black currants. Oh. See, I love currants. I love black and red currants, and they aren't popular in the US. No, they are not. <laughs> so anytime I see anything current... I buy it because I'm like, I, I love this and it's hard to get here. Oh, you had a filter here. Everything is blackcurrant flavored. Oh, I'm obsessed. I'm obsessed. And the other thing I did was I ordered crumpets because <gasps> the only place I've ever seen them here is Trader Joe's and they were out the other day when I went. So I'm like, I got to order crumpets. At Valentine's Day, Marks and Spencer do heart-shaped crumpets and they Ooh. are amazing. What? I would love that. I'm obsessed. Marcus Spencer also does a Valentine's Day sausage bacon and black pudding meal, where basically they grab a large sausage and they shape it. They, they shape it as a heart, <laughs> and it's covered in bacon. 
and with a black pudding in the, in the middle. Oh. And they call it the love sausage. The love sausage? Oh. Well, yeah. which again, for, for us, the gays, is a little bit... Redundancy. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, a little bit. Honestly, Alison, if there's any British foods you want to try, let me know and we will get them to you. Like, especially biscuits. Oh, I'm my not- gosh. Because I imagine as great as those websites oh are, they probably do charge quite a, they probably have a big markup on, you know. So let us know if there's any what's your favorite British biscuit. I, I love Jammy Dodgers. I think they're so good. Um, any sort of digestive biscuit, obsessed. Have you tried the VIBs? It's the digestive biscuits, but it's the very important biscuits. So it's like, it's like infused with caramel or like jam or they've got all different flavors, but they're called VIBs. I've never had a VIB. Oh my gosh. I would love it. I'm getting you some. That's the only difference between my shipping services and, you know, other providers on the internet. Mine will probably end up at your house, like really broken and stuff like that. Cause I'll <laughs> stuff them in an envelope. <laughs> I'll, I'll still eat them. I'll dip the crumbs in my tea. It's fine. <laughs> You're a dunker. I'm a dunker. Are you a dunker? Absolutely. Oh, so good. in the sideline, me and you, Edward, we can have like a chorizo exchange program going. Yes, I'm very done. Some some barbecue going on. I'm I'd be very happy. <laughs> well, Edward Ben makes his own sausages, and that's not a euphemism. <gasps> wow, you do. Well, I missed Argentinian sausages, and I couldn't get them here, so I had to start making them. That's iconic. That's like a level of food preparation that I aspire to. And also, it's a level of gayness that is like beyond <laughs> level. Particularly before True. you tie them up. Before you tie them up, it's just like a huge long sausage. <laughs> but the thing is it's, it's not just that we then have to go and do like drop-offs around the whole county where we live the argentinian community over here is quite tight-knit in the sense that if an argentine finds another argentine it's like you're with me for life now and so they all know about ben's sausage making so when he makes a batch of sausages it's almost like they know like it's almost like they can read each other's minds because they'll just text him saying oh have you made any sausages recently and then we'll end up spending our whole weekend literally dropping off sausages at people's houses like around the county it's hilarious it's incredible I love that they can smell it in the air mm-hmm. they just know mm-hmm. it's a sixth yeah. sense <laughs> exactly and, and that's the thing but again a good spanish omelette oh yes a good treat so um, oh, I, I love going to spain I absolutely adore Eating in Spain, I would be so fat in Spain. What fat air? <laughs> the plan for us is, I mean, we've got a while to go yet, but we plan to retire in Spain. Oh, where? That's lovely. Well, I love trains, so I want to volunteer at a railway museum near near Sitges. What's the place called? It's called Villanova. It's, uh, it's south of Barcelona. Yeah, we actually went to Sitges um, when we saw each other in July. Yeah, we were just there. Did Villanova. you like it? I was loved, so nice. We loved, loved it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so Villanova is, um, I think it's like a 10-minute train, something like that, from from Sitges. Yeah. And, and the thing is, we, we travel a lot. We love traveling a lot. So being close to an airport like El Prat in Barcelona is quite handy as well. So that area, I think, we'll retire to. But I have a stipulation. So there's a TV program in the UK called A Place in the Sun. And it's basically oh. where, like... <laughs> middle-class people in the UK decide that they're going to retire to Spain, France. They do long haul now. So they do like a place in the sun, winter sun. So that's people who like want to retire in like... In the uh, Caribbean. In the Caribbean or Costa Rica or somewhere like that. 
the people who go on these programs are really annoying. Like they just wind me up because they want everything. They want everything for like a hundred thousand pounds. They want a pool. They want to be not by a road. They want mm-hmm. to, you know, basically have, you know, an, an orange grove and everything. And it's like, love for a hundred thousand pounds, you're not going to get that. But, but I did say to Ben, when we found a house in Spain, I have to do it through that program because I want to experience going on place in the sun. Oh, I need to see that episode. It sounds great. We'll send you a link, but we, I was wondering, actually, and I, I, and I think that from your reaction, Edward, I, had the, I have the answer, whether there was like the other way around, whether there was a show, a show in Spain called A Place in Shite Weather <laughs> <laughs> to move to the UK. Me looking for a flat in like uh, Manchester or something? <laughs> yes, looking for a studio flat yeah. that would cost you two million oh, pounds God. in zone six of London. <laughs> Before we go, I, I just want to get a, a little bit of, I think we need, we need to part with your kind of wise words because, you know, it's amazing how, and even now just chatting to you, it feels like you two are in the same room. Oh. What is your top tip? And, and I'll ask this to each of you on how you've maintained that relationship, you know, and have such a special bond when you're physically not seeing each other. I mean, like we've already said for, was it what, four or five years before you actually saw each other from, from when you first met? So, I mean, Ben goes away on a work trip and I'm like, oh, you know, it's like. (laughs) I just think make time, right? That's the easiest thing when you have a friend, even when your friend is right next door. If you don't make time for each other, it's so easy to just kind of drift apart, fall apart. So I think and when you, you know, when you are such good friends, it's it's pretty easy to make time for each other. So even if it's just a few minutes, you know, checking in, as long as you make time, things will stay good. Yeah, I would say also that it's more about understanding what the Mm -hmm. other friend wants, rather than trying to, to be like, oh, I want to talk to this person. It's like, does this person want to talk to me right now? What is this person doing in their own time? Especially when you're so far apart. Mm -hmm. Obviously, you have to consider that, like, what time of the day is it there? But I think it's also important to sort of more just listen and know when to, to interject and stuff like and and talk and stuff. So that's kind of my tip. That's a great point. And maybe not run off to Denmark. Yes, that's another great tip is not to run away. <laughs> Some people might not be as forgiving as I am. This is true. If their friend just abandoned them and ran off to Denmark. This is true. To be fair, running away to Denmark was not my fault. I was taken to Denmark. <laughs> as a prisoner. <laughs> yeah, yes. Was Denmark fun? It was not the August I imagined because it was quite cold, but I had a great time and it was beautiful. Yeah. I mean, this was your opportunity as well to say, Edward, it would have been much better if Alison would have been with me. Yeah, you're right. That would have been a much better answer. <laughs> and uh, I mm. I believe that as well. <laughs> okay. So how, <laughs> how, can, how can our listeners find out more about you guys? Oh, um, we have a website that you can go to. It has our podcast and a blog that Alison and I run called uh, amfpod.com. We're also on Instagram, at a message from. And if you want to send in messages about truly whatever you you want, you could do that if you live in the US at, um, our number is 202-630-4509. But if you live abroad or you'd rather just write in, you could do that at a message from pod at gmail.com. All right, guys, then uh, thank you very much for having time for us. It's been absolutely brilliant having you. And I feel like I've learned a lot about not just the US and uh, about people living abroad and about your relationship and, uh, and friendship. 
So what have you got planned for the rest of the day? I am going to make some Chinese dumplings, I think. Ooh. Sounds nice. Truly an endeavor. <laughs> Allison? That's nice. Um, okay, the complete opposite. I do love to cook, but um, it's it's football all day for me, American and UK. So I'm sorry, but it's Saturday. Sounds like a great day to me. We're actually going to Costco. Very yeah, nice. we're going to yeah. Costco. Oh, oh fun. nice. Very fun. <laughs> that is fun. Look, I love a good grocery store trip. Costco? Well, the thing about Costco in great. the UK, on a Saturday, they do all the food tastings at the end of the aisle. So it's basically, we're going there for our lunch, and then we'll do mm. our shop. <laughs> but that's dinner, right? <laughs> that's dinner. Yeah, absolutely okay. right. Just want to make sure I'm getting it right. <laughs> yes. Right. All right, guys. We'll speak to you soon. Lots of love. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Thanks so much. Bye. Oh, well, that was just a lovely chat, wasn't it? I love Alison and Edward. They're so much fun. And who knew? That Alison was going to be loving British biscuits. I know. I hope. I hope she continues to apply for those uh, jobs in the UK. Maybe we can have her here. <laughs> or maybe she can just say to any prospective employer, "Yeah, you don't have to pay me. Just give me biscuits every month." I mean, I wouldn't say that if I were her. <laughs> it's not good negotiation skills, Bab. <laughs> You don't want to get paid in biscuits, as, as much as you might love them. But didn't the Romans pay each other in biscuits? No, they had money. Okay. Or maybe was it salt I'm thinking of? Yeah, and that was like way before money existed. And it was still currency. It wasn't, it, it, they weren't get paid in money and they just survived by licking the, the salt. <laughs> it was currency. It wasn't food. But you could get by just from licking biscuits. Mm, well, you could get by, by would you? I don't know. Anyway, that was great. And thank you so much again to Alison and Edward for taking time out of their very busy lives to come and talk to us. Yeah. Keep in touch and we'll we'll definitely catch up with them soon. And don't forget to visit their website, to go into the socials and to listen to their fantastic podcast, A Message From. And if you want to get in touch with us, you can also do that. We are on Twitter at BearbackPod. We are on Instagram at BearbackPodcast. You can find us on Facebook. Just look for us. Just, you know, look and type in Bearback and press return and then you'll find us. Or you can send us an email at barebackpodcast at gmail.com. And we very, very much would love you to do that. We love having you guys telling us what you think about the episodes that we record, telling us about things that you want us to record or talk about, and just tell us about your lives. We're really nosy people. We love you telling us about your lives and what you're up to. Absolutely. And also, if you can do one thing for us as well, if you do listen to us on Apple Podcasts, go on, give us a five-star review because it really helps us be seen by more people. But yeah, that would be lovely. If you've got a moment or two, give us a review. All right, then I think we're off up to another week. And off to Costco. Yeah, we love Costco. May the freebies commence. Bye. Bye. Bye.